0: <laughs> and laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor
1: Well, thank you, and welcome to the show Lucille Ball was a force to be reckoned with She appeared on radio before I became aware of her talents as a comedian on I Love Lucy The woman who will always be remembered as the crazy, accident-prone, lovable Lucy Ricardo was born Lucille Desiree Ball, August 6, 1911, in Jamestown, New York. Now, she was a restless teenager who yearned to make some noise. She entered a dramatic school in New York City, but while her classmate, Betty Davis, received all the raves... She was sent home too shy. Well, eventually she was put under contract by RKO and made several pictures. And while filming Too Many Girls in 1940, she met and fell madly in love with a young Cuban actor-musician named Desi Arnez. Despite different personalities, lifestyles, religions, and ages, he was six years younger, he fell hard too. And after a passionate romance, they eloped and were married November of 1940. Lucy then switched to MGM. In 1948, she took a starring role in the radio comedy My Favorite Husband, in which she played the scatterbrain wife of a Midwestern banker. We'll hear one of those series in a moment. In 1950, CBS came knocking with the author of uh, turning it into a television series. After convincing the network brass to let Desi play her husband and to sign over the rights and creative control to them, work began on the most popular and universally beloved sitcom of all time. With I Love Lucy, she and Desi pioneered the three-camera technique, now the standard in filming sitcoms, and the concept of syndicating television programs. So let's go back to those heady radio days when everyone was tuning in to hear... My Favorite Husband.
2: It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball.
3: Jello, everybody!
2: Yes, it's the gay family series, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Danning, transcribed and brought to you by the Jello family of desserts. J
4: E L L. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell O Family. Oh, the big
3: red letters stand for the Jell O Family. That's Jell O.
5: Yum, yum, yum. Jell
2: O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell O Duck. of puddings. Yes, hooray. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. <laughs> As we look in on the Coopers, it's Sunday afternoon, and George is in the living room reading the Sunday paper. Liz is just coming into the room. George,
3: have you seen my... George Cooper, would you look at this room? Huh? What do you think you're doing with a Sunday paper?
6: Oh, what does it look like? I'm reading it.
3: But you've got it scattered all over the floor and the furniture. What are you going to do, paint the ceiling?
6: It's a shame a man can't read the Sunday paper in peace.
3: You mean in pieces?
7: <laughs> What's biting
6: you?
3: Nothing's biting me. I was just looking at this room, that's all. Papers all over, ashes on the floor, you sitting there in your shirt sleeves with your shoes off.
6: What's wrong with that?
3: Oh, nothing. It's nice to have a slob around the house. <laughs>
6: I'm just being comfortable. Now, now, what difference does it make what the living room looks like? Nobody's going to see it but you and me.
3: Well, somebody might come by. Oh,
6: wouldn't it be dreadful if someone found out that our living room has been lived in?
3: <laughs> well, I don't mind if it looks like it's been lived in. This room looks like it's been died in.
6: <laughs> Look, honey. I'm in my own house on a Sunday afternoon. Now, what am I supposed to do? Get dressed in my tux and read the paper in the hall closet?
3: <laughs> oh, what's the use? I might as well give up and admit I'm married to a mess cat.
6: What's a mess cat?
3: I don't know. <laughs> but if they ever look for one, you're the large economy side. <laughs> oh, no, somebody's at the door. What are we going to do? How about letting them in? Oh, wait, this house looks... Quick, George, pick up the papers. Oh, okay. Oh, no, let me do that. You put on your shoes. What for? I don't
6: have any holes in my socks.
3: George, Cooper...
6: Okay, okay.
3: And roll down your sleeves and, and put on your coat.
6: We're going to feel awfully silly if it isn't President and Mrs.
3: Truman. <laughs> Never mind. Hand me that ashtray. Now, I guess the room doesn't look too bad. I'm coming. I'm coming. Yes?
8: There's a good old Joe Thompson live here.
3: No, he doesn't.
8: But this is the address. Well,
3: you've made a mistake. Now, go on, beat it.
8: Flirt. <laughs>
6: hmm. Well, President and Mrs. Truman, come in, come in.
3: Never mind.
6: I'll oh, sit down. Oh, no, no, not at the piano (laughs) Well, put her there, President Pardon my claws, I'm a mess cat
3: (laughs) George And
6: how's Margaret?
3: Now, that's enough
6: Oh, can I relax now, Liz?
3: I suppose so
6: (laughs) Good You know, I hate shoes (sighs) You know, if I could get away with it, I'd never wear shoes again
3: Well, you can always dye your feet brown and glue on some laces (laughs)
6: It's a good idea. I might try it.
3: What are you doing now? You're spreading the papers all over the floor again.
6: Well, where's the sports page?
3: Oh, honestly, George, you've got the room looking just as bad as it did before.
6: Oh, what's the difference?
3: George, I want to have the kind of house they take pictures of for magazines like Young Homemakers. This room belongs in Better Homes and Garbage. <laughs> Oh, no, now that's bound to be company.
6: Oh, but where will they sit? The Trumans have the good
3: chairs. (laughs) (laughs) Wait till I look out the window. Oh, it's the Atterbury's. Quick, put your shoes on. Get your coat. I'll pick up the papers. Now,
6: just a minute.
3: (laughs) Hurry, George.
6: Nothing doing. I'm not getting tidy for the Atterbury's. They're our best friends.
3: But I don't want the house looking a mess.
6: I'm not touching a thing.
3: All right. That side of the room is yours. I don't care what you do with it. I'm cleaning up my side.
6: That's a deal.
3: Here. You can have these papers on your hat. And these magazines. And this old tired coffee cup. There. Certainly glad I don't have to go through your side of the room to get to the door. Hi, Liz. Liz, girl? Hi, Iris. Hi, Miss Atterbury. Come on in. We were just out driving and thought we'd drop in and see what you were doing.
6: Where's George, boy? (laughs)
3: He's in his half of the living room. (laughs) Beg pardon? Come on in, you'll see. Hi, folks. Hello, George. Hi. Oh, my goodness, what happened?
6: (laughs) What do you mean, what happened?
3: Well, it looks like the room tilted and all the junk slid to one side. (laughs) Yeah, just look at that side of the room.
2: I don't see anything wrong
3: with it. boy, Mr. Atterbury. What's going on, Liz? Half the room is neat, and half is yee. <laughs> well, it's a little game George and I play called I'll take the high road, and you take the low road, and I'll have a junkyard for you. The clean half of the room is mine, and that other half over there belongs to George, king of the hobos. <laughs> well, what caused the great divide? Well, George just refuses to be neat. He says he wants the room to look lived in. Oh, bully for you, boy. <laughs> For you,
4: boy.
3: <laughs> Go on, Rudolph. Side in with him. Yeah.
6: Well, why not, Iris? After all, George is just relaxing in his own home.
3: He's relaxing, all right, just like you do. Making a mess.
8: Making a
6: mess. Making a mess. <laughs>
3: well, that all has a familiar ring to it.
6: Mr. Atterbury, would you care to join me in the hobo jungle? I'd consider it a privilege. Where'll I sit?
3: Oh, just scrape around in the debris. <laughs> You'll find an old orange crate or something.
6: Make yourself comfortable, Mr. Atterbury. Take off your shoes if you want to. No. Oh. <laughs> I'll take you up on that boy. Oh. I'm talking to my tailor. My trousers are getting excited. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, a... uh, drop your cigar ashes anywhere you want to, on the rug. Any place, Dad. Yeah, this is living.
4: <laughs>
3: Would you look at that sight, Iris? <sighs> it's disgusting. Aren't we lucky? We're spending Sunday afternoon with the slobsy twins. <laughs> I can't stand to look at them anymore, girl.
7: Let's go upstairs. <laughs>
3: Yes, Mrs. Cooper. Katie, you've been married five times. Tell me, how can you break a man of being sloppy? You can't. Each of my husbands was messier than the last. Oh, you just got to face it. Women are neat and men aren't. But why does it have to be like that? I don't know. That's the difference between men and women. (laughs) 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 Anyway, I... I'm not talking about a man, I'm talking about George. I'm going to break him of being messy. <laughs> My name isn't Mrs. George Cooper. You better do it carefully or your name might not be Mrs. George Cooper. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't push him that far. Remember, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I don't expect him to sit up and speak. But maybe I can teach him not to bury his bones in the living room. <laughs>
4: What are you going to
3: do? Well, Katie, it's time for drastic action. Now, my plan involves having Mother Cooper over to dinner tonight. Mr. Cooper's mother? That's right. You'll have to admit the plan is loaded with drastic. Um, But I don't get it. Uh, What will having her to dinner accomplish? Don't you see, Katie? Mother Cooper is always looking for some reason to accuse me of being a bad housekeeper. Yes. Well, I'll leave the house just the way it is. She'll jump at the chance to blame me. Then I'll tell her it's her beloved son's idea. It might work. He usually pays attention to what she says. He always pays attention to what she says. I only know of one time he didn't, and she's never forgiven him. When was that? The day we got married. (laughs) Now, don't move a thing, Katie. I want the old bear to see her cub in his native habitat. (laughs) Oh! she'll explode. And how there'll be three for dinner tonight, Katie. George and me and old blockbuster Cooper. <laughs>
2: turned to the Coopers, the trap is all set for Liz to change George into a neat, orderly husband with the unknowing aid of Mother Cooper, her mother-in-law.
3: Mother Cooper will be here any minute, Katie. I threw a little extra bait into the trap, a couple of empty beer cans and stuff. Where's Mr. Cooper? I just looked into the living room and didn't see him. Oh, he's in there somewhere. If you lift the right piece of junk, you'll find him. <laughs> Oh, that's her. Mother Cooper, queen of the dust catchers. Well, she won't have to test any tabletops with her finger tonight. It's just as dirty as she's always hoped it would be. I'll let her in. Okay, gosh, this is a mother-in-law's dream to catch daughter-in-law with her vacuum cleaner down. (laughs) It's all right, Katie. I'll get it. All right. Mother, come in.
6: George, my little baby.
3: How are you? Oh, fine. Liz, mother's here. Coming. Hi, Mother Cooper. Elizabeth, dear. Gee, I'm glad you could come tonight. George, you don't look well. How do you feel, baby? (laughs) (laughs) I'm all right. And how are you, Elizabeth? Oh, I... Now, George, you take care of (laughs) me. Nice of you to ask. I really feel terrible. I couldn't stand it if you were sick, George. Oh, don't worry about me. I won't pull through. How are you? (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) What? Oh, wasn't I properly concerned about your health, Elizabeth? It's just that you never look sick. You look like a horse to me. (laughs) Usually goes as strong as a horse (laughs) uh, uh,
4: uh,
6: uh, Let's uh, go into the other room You didn't tell me Mother was coming over, Liz
3: Well, I wanted to surprise you, dear
6: Oh, well, uh, go on into the living room, Mother
3: Yeah, into the living room Uh, I have to get some pipe
6: tobacco from the den
3: I'll be right in Come on, Mother Well, here's the living room Well Well what? The condition of this room Well Elizabeth When you had this fight You didn't hurt George, did you? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about This is just a nice, comfortable living room Comfortable? Only a pig would be comfortable in this room Well, I can't argue with that It's right from the old sour cell (laughs) housekeeping when i think of poor george and the kind of house i used to keep for him well i won't say a thing oh go ahead no no i'm no longer a mother i'm a mother-in-law and i'm not one to step out of line oh go ahead why stop now (laughs) elizabeth when you finally prevailed upon George to marry you, I- Just a minute. I prevailed upon George. That's what I said. <laughs> and when that happened, I said to myself, Letitia, Letitia, no matter what goes on in that house, you are not to open your mouth. Is that what you said to yourself? Yes. <laughs> it must have been hard of hearing. <laughs> You should be thankful, Elizabeth, that you have a mother-in-law who'll keep quiet about this. I am not going to say a word. You're not? No. Quiet. Here comes George. Well, Mother, I'm glad you came over tonight. What's new? This is the most disgraceful-looking room I've ever seen. <laughs> That's what's new. Oh! <laughs> what are you laughing at, Elizabeth? <laughs> I've been battling George for days about the condition of this room. This is the way he wants it. (laughs) (laughs) This is the way he wants it? Yes. Oh. Well. What do you mean, well? If George likes it this way. I'm dead. (laughs)
6: I just think a house should look lived in
3: Well, I think you're absolutely
5: right, baby
3: (laughs) Pardon me while I go out and shoot myself I don't understand you, Elizabeth Don't George's wishes mean anything to you? After all, a man's home is his castle Well, he ought to learn to pick up his drawbridge once in a while
6: (laughs) You're, you're just being oversensitive, Liz
3: Okay, I give up Apparently blood is thicker than dust Go on, wallow around all you want <laughs> Pardon me, a telephone for Mrs. Cooper Thank I'll be you, right there. Mother, I know it hurts But there are two Mrs. Coopers now, remember? Uh, uh it's for Mrs. Cooper Senior This is not my day <laughs> I'll be right back, George
6: Liz, how do you always manage to get Mother so upset?
3: I don't know. I'm just lucky, I guess.
6: (laughs) she really likes you, Liz. You, You just don't give her a chance.
3: Yeah. George! George, do you know who that was? Grace Davis. She's down at the station. No! Yes!
6: An old acquaintance of mine,
3: Liz. Oh, (laughs) acquaintance, he says. (laughs) I heard him. (laughs) You don't mind if she comes over here tonight, do you, Liz? No, Mumsy, bring her over. We'll all go in the living room and play ring around the ash can. (laughs) (laughs) She's waiting at the station. I told her we'd pick her up. Uh, Will you drive me down, George? Oh, sure, Mother. Um, Elizabeth, since company's coming... Don't you think you should tidy up a bit? Oh, heavens no. Our living room wouldn't look lived in. Uh, yes, dear. Well, I did say George was right, but this is different. Di- you understand, don't you, dear? Oh, brother, do I understand. But George wouldn't be happy.
6: Well, now that I look at it, Liz, it uh, it is sort of a mess.
3: Oh, um- <laughs> Another quick change artist heard from. All right, run along you two. I'll fix the room. That's fine, dear. Come on, George, baby. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Cooper, I couldn't help hearing. Are you really going to fix the living room? Of course, Katie, I'm going to fix it. Good. What do you mean? They want a house to look lived in. Well, when they get back here with their precious guests, this is going to be the most lived-in house in town. <laughs>
6: Well, here's our house, Grace.
3: Oh, it looks lovely. I'm so anxious to see the inside. Oh, you'll love it. Elizabeth is a fine housekeeper. Oh, well, maybe I can do an article on it. That's right.
6: You're with a newspaper, aren't you?
3: No, not anymore. I'm with the magazine now. Uh Oh.
6: Well, here we are. Go on in.
3: I can hardly wait for you to meet Liz. She's... Oh, dear me. What's that in the hall? It uh, looks like a wheelbarrow full of cans. (laughs) It smells like it, too. (laughs)
6: Hey, who hung that old inner tube over the lamp?
3: George, I think we'd better take Grace down to... Hi, everybody. Come on in. Too late.
6: Uh, uh, Miss Davis, uh, I'd like you to meet my wife, Liz.
3: How do you do? What are there, Davis? Oh, I guess we surprised you, dear. <laughs> Heck, no! Oh, from the look of that outfit, you must have been working in the garden or something. What do you mean, working in the garden? I'm dressed for company. This is my best sweatshirt. Oh, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't even worn my shoes, but I had ivy planted in one of them. <laughs> are you, Elizabeth? What's the matter with you? Something different about me tonight? Come on in the living room, Davis. Uh, well, I... I'm afraid we can't stay after all, Elizabeth. Oh, don't be silly. I'm not busy. Come on in. Uh, is this the living room? Sure, go on in. Just duck under the clothesline.
6: Oh. Okay. <laughs> Liz, have you gone crazy? Hey,
3: watch out for that long underwear. I got my head caught once and it <laughs> Remember, George?
4: this.
6: Uh, sit down, Grace.
3: I can't. There's a nest of eggs in this chair. Oh, darn it, I told that chicken a hundred times not to lay eggs in the living room.
6: No, oh, now stop being ridiculous, Liz. We don't have any chickens, Grace. <laughs>
3: Cat, he does imitation. <laughs> oh, I, I think I'm going to faint. Let me sit down. <laughs> well, there goes a dozen eggs.
6: Well, Liz, this has gone far enough. Now, what's that chicken doing in the living room?
3: It's your fault, George. Mine? Sure, I told you to put more slats on the bedroom door. <laughs> Oh George this is the most wonderful household I've ever seen. Oh it's lived in. Oh well I'd love to do an article on it. It would be perfect for my magazine. Oh you're a writer sure go ahead do an article. Oh uh, would you write it your own story? No sure why not I'll call it uh, We live like pigs. <laughs> now sign it with my pen name. <laughs> Uh,
6: May I take pictures? Absolutely not.
3: Sure you can. Don't listen to him. Who are you with, Davis? The Farm and Feed Journal? Uh, no. The Livestock Gazette? No, I'm the editor of the Young Homemakers magazine. Oh, no!
4: (laughs)
2: Yes, Lucille. what's the uh, what's the commercial caper tonight?
3: Tonight, Robert, I am a lady scientist, and you are my assistant. A little scientific music, please, maestro.
4: Uh,
2: how do you do, Doctor?
5: Well, how do you do? <laughs> are you my new assistant?
2: Yes, what would you like me to do first?
5: Well, first, I... Well, I... <laughs> so first, I'd like you to clean up the laboratory.
2: Doctor, I understand you've just completed a very secret experiment.
5: I have? Oh, oh I have, yes. Yes, I've been working for 20 years on this experiment. I've given my life to it. (laughs) Many's the night I've burned my Bunsen at both ends.
2: Tell me, what is your great discovery?
5: Well, come here and I'll whisper it to you. (laughs) I have discovered... Jello pudding. But
2: doctor, they've already discovered jello puddings.
5: They have
2: Yes, jello puddings have been a trio of treats for years.
5: But that's impossible. It's true. Well, at least they haven't discovered my special jello chocolate pudding. It's delicious with deep down chocolatey goodness.
2: <laughs> yes,
5: they have. Oh. I've been sandbagged. <laughs> well, what about jello butter pudding with that buttery brown sugar flavor?
2: Well, they've
5: discovered that, too. They have?
2: Yes, and jell vanilla pudding, rich and smooth as cream
5: Oh, I wish I was bad
2: I don't feel bad
5: Say, uh, tell me, have they? Yes <laughs> I have well, just for that, I won't give them my secret formula.
2: You mean all you do is add milk and they take about five minutes to cook?
5: You pee! <laughs> well,
2: whoever discovered them, they're a wonderful contribution to the world because jello puddings are nourishing, too, and a swell dessert for the kids.
5: Oh, so was mine. Oh, I'm so mad I'm gonna pour this into this. The night you.
3: George, do you have the hiccups? No.
2: <laughs>
3: oh, George, I can't sleep while you're hiccupping like that.
6: Well, I'm sorry, but I can't help
3: it. <laughs> well, I'll try to scare you. That always works. Oh, right. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: I'm leaving you for another man. <laughs> No, oh, I can't scare you. Go to sleep. I can't sleep. Well, I've got to get some sleep. I'm going down to Miller's first thing in the morning. They're having a big sale on mink coats. <laughs> that did it. Good night, George. <laughs>
2: Listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's transcribed program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The part of Katie the Maid was played by Ruth Parrott. Watch for Lucille Ball in Fancy Pants with Bob Hope. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball and My Favorite Husband again next week, presented by...
4: J-E-L-L Oh, the big red
2: letters stand for the
4: jell family Oh, the big red letters stand for the jell family That's jell Yum, yum, yum Jell-O Yum, yum, yum Jell-O, yum, yum, yum. Jell-O cup Bioca puddings Yes, sirree
2: Bob LeMond speaking This is CBS, where you meet Lucille Ball and my favorite husband every Sunday night. The Columbia Broadcasting System.
1: Stay tuned for Lights Out next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM seven forty at ninety six point seven FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for Lights Out. Ionized Yeast
9: presents. Lights Out, everybody. It is later than you think. Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this, frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now.
10: This is Arch Obler. If you don't mind, I am not going to tell you anything about the story we're going to do in a few minutes. Neither the title nor anything about the characters, nor even the usual remark about any similarity of this story to real events and actual people is and so over and so over. No, nope, we're just going to tell you a strange story.
8: And now lights out everybody. Hello? Hello, police head, police department. My name is Charles Crager, Dr. Charles Crager. I live at 872 West Street, apartment 2B. I want you to come and get me. I have just killed a man, Jay Drogan. Did you hear me? I said, come and get me. I just killed a man. His name was... to bet on it. I'm willing I'm telling you, soon sure as my name is Jay Drogan, I'm gonna drink it. Jay, forget it, will you? You better lie down and get let some me rest. On, let me alone. Take your hands off me. I said I was gonna drink this mess and I'm gonna drink it. Right out of the cocktail secret. What you doing? Uh, hey... He's really drinking it. Holy cats, look at him. Oh, boy. Oh, that was terrific. How did it taste? Wonderful. I. I. Jay! He's sick. No, no, I, I'm all right. Hot in here. Window. Want window open. The windows?
7: Who broke all the windows?
8: My head. Now, what time? Nine. I've got to get up. Get to work. Oh. 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 Huh? All dressed bed in my clothes. Put me to bed. Oh, doesn't matter. Oh. Oh, all right, all right. All right. Hello, Jay Drogan speaking. Who? Oh, yeah. Uh, hello, friend. Sure, sure, I'm coming down to the office. Party? All right, all right, a man. Gotta have some fun once in a while, can't he? I gotta wash up, I... All right, I'll be down here. Goodbye, son of a... Where's my hat? Well... What? When does... Broken? <laughs> some party. Uh... Tell superintendent, get windows fixed. Wonder what Oh well. Better get to the office. Good thing building has an elevator. Couldn't walk downstairs. Oh, good morning there, Mr. Drogan. Oh, oh, hello, Mr. Jensen. I was Now just... what the devil's the matter with this elevator? I've been punching this button for five minutes. Well, it takes time for it
10: to come down when it's up on the top floor. The devil for... with the
8: it time. It's always going wrong, that elevator. I wish that blasted thing would fall through the basement.
7: Hey, it's falling. It, it fell. Just like you said.
8: Oh, then, Drogan, sit down. Sit down. Thank you, Doctor. It was. Good of you to see me without an appointment. Well, you seem to be in quite a state. What is it? It's, uh, it's my head. You injured it? No, no, uh, I don't think so. You see, I had a little party at my house last night. Oh, my head. Oh, <laughs> never mind, never mind. Well, oh, this certainly is the morning after the night before. Over to the window and let me look at you. Yes, doctor. It's, it's my head, doctor. Every sound... It's just the morning after. But every sound... Blasted airplane up there. It's so loud in my head, Doctor. No, no, I... don't get excited. Why does that infernal pilot have to fly solo? Blast you up there? Why don't you crack up? Look. He's falling. Falling. What. What you said, Drogan, really happened? <laughs> Talking, we, we better be moving on. Yeah. You come back to my office and I'll give you a sedative and you lie down and rest a little while and then you'll be all right. Yeah. Coincidences. That's nothing old. That's all it was. Nothing more. But watch out, man. Watch out where you're walking. It's okay. Mm. Now we can cross. Hey, you! How do you like that guy? Blasted cabs. They think they own the street. If I had my way, I'd smash them all up. knock Doc! Doc! happened again. Drink this. No, I tell you, drink this. I don't want to. It isn't what you want to do. It, it's a sedative. Now drink it. Putting me to sleep for a little while is no now, help. Last night. Think about last night. Perhaps you well, drank something out of the ordinary. Huh? Well, why do you look at me like that? I... I did. What? That drink, I i just remember. Tell me. But oh, that couldn't be it. Tell me. Well, we got a kidding about who could mix the most unusual drinks, and I was feeling high, and I mixed one. Well, what was in the drink? I i don't know. Well, you must know. If I knew what was in the drink, perhaps some chemical... Uh, Wait a minute. Where do you think you're going? To the office. Well, what? Fred, my business. I, I've got this. No. Thing. Are you completely out of your head? You're a menace, a walking danger. Don't you realize that you can't go out of here until we figure this out—some way to stop it. If you don't, every time you say a negative thought, it'll happen, and someone will die. Do you want that? <laughs> What's the matter with you? Why should you laugh? Stop it! Stop it! Well, it's funny. I go to see my doctor because I'm going out of my head, and he goes out of his head. But what happened to you that all of a sudden you, should... you said that I was a menace? When you said that, all at once everything cleared up. Well, yeah, me a menace. That's the funniest thing anybody ever said about me. Look at me Oh no hair, half my teeth aren't my own, a cut a pot belly, and I'm a menace. Yeah, you a doctor who's supposed to judge things only by facts suddenly decide I'm a menace. Why? Because three screwy things happened that I had nothing to do with, and I had nothing to do with coincidences, like getting four aces two times running or rolling seven 25 times in a row or, or anything else where two and two doesn't add up to four. That, that elevator would have fallen anyway, and in that plane, so his motor cut out just when I said it. And, and the cabs, we were both so scared that we ran off without finding out whether or not there was a good reason why three cabs smashed up. Sure, cabs have accidents all the time. So, well, does that make me a menace? I ask you, is that the way for a doctor to talk? I'm sorry. Of course, you're right. I'm talking like an emotional moron. <laughs> Funny, isn't it? I'm the man who has always evaluated situations through factual evidence. And even then, I've retained some measure of skepticism because I know how well how misleading human observation can be. Trogan. Would you mind shaking hands with a blasted fool? Sure, Doc. And you're shaking hands with one too. Uh, now, if you don't mind, can I use your telephone? Sure, of course, of uh, course. Got to call my office. Explain why I'm late. Oh, it's had me scared for a while. Hello, hello. That you, Fred? Yes, I'm on my way in. But I, I tell you, I'll be there in a few minutes. But I'm telling you, I know, I know, but I'm coming. Oh, stop yelling at me. Why didn't you drop dead? Fred. Hey, Fred. What's the matter? What's the matter? Why? I don't know. One minute I was talking to him and then... Fred, Fred, answer me. No, it can't be. You're lying. Hello? Hello? Drogan, what is it? Tell me. Someone said... Fred just dropped dead.
9: Ladies and gentlemen, to stop a suspense story may seem an intrusion. But before going on with the story of this strange little miracle man, perhaps a breath or two of relaxation is indicated. Yes, before going on with our lights-out story of the projective Mr. Drogan... Let's turn to a problem of these hectic times. We have a very troubled young lady here.
11: Trouble's no word for it. My boss wants to give me a dandy new job, but I'm so tired out and run down and jittery, I'm afraid I couldn't handle it. I'm getting much too thin. And I've tried every tonic I know, but nothing I try seems to help me.
9: Well, miss, maybe you just haven't tried the right tonic. Maybe more vitamin B and iron's what you need.
11: Vitamin B and iron? Does that make such a difference?
9: Well, when you don't get enough vitamin B from your meals, you may lose your appetite, eat so poorly that you lose weight and strength, or you may not get all the good out of what you do eat. And when you don't get enough iron from your food, you may be weak and pale and feel only half alive.
11: How can I get more vitamin B and iron if I need them?
9: The quickest, easiest way I know is take ironized yeast tablets. They give you both vitamin B and iron. And pleasant little ironized yeast tablets are a cinch to take.
11: But, um, are they terribly expensive? Oh,
9: not a bit of it. They cost but a few pennies a day. So, try ironized yeast tablets if more vitamin B and iron is what you need. Then see if pretty quick you aren't saying...
11: Tired? Not me. I'm so full of pep now, I hardly know myself. And I've gained pounds. Why didn't somebody tell me about ironized yeast tablets ages ago?
9: And now, back to lights out. At the moment when both Drogon and the doctor had rationalized the miracles into coincidences, another miracle had taken place. Another miracle of death. And now the men sit in the doctor's office, and there is great fear in both of them.
8: What time is it, Doctor? One. I can't just sit here. No, no. You're you're my responsibility. I've got to think something out. I I just can't keep on not thinking anything. Great Godfrey. What's the matter with me? You can perform miracles. I'm convinced of that. All right. Then why in the name of common sense can't you perform positive miracles instead of negative ones? I, I don't understand. Listen to me. It's simple. It's so simple that neither one of us thought of it. Just as you can kill people and cause accidents, why can't you do good? Good? Yes, good. Heal the sick, give eyes to the blind. But when it comes to killing, kill the ones who should be killed. That's right. Maybe I could do that. Hitler, 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 Mussolini. Why, you could wipe out the whole Nazi army by just saying so. But but how would we know? Wait a minute. It's all clear now. Every miracle that you performed today was a negative miracle. The falling elevator, the airplane, the taxis. your friend. Everything negative. You haven't performed a single positive miracle. Not a miracle for good instead of evil. Well, come with me. Where? Out on the street again. Come on, Drogan. We've got to find out if you can perform a good miracle just as easily as performing the other kind. And if you can, well... You'll start making history in a few minutes, Mr. Drogan. Now, Drogan, now. What? On the corner, the newsman. He's blind. Well, don't be stupid. I'll go over to him.
9: Paper? Paper, get your paper.
8: Hello, Tom. That's you, Doctor? Yes, give me a magazine. Anyone will do. Yes, sir. Wish it, Drogon. Wish that he could see. I am. I am. Hey, doctor. How have you been? Oh, never mind about me. How about you? Huh? How about your eyes? Are you kidding? Drogon, out loud. You've got to say it out loud. Hey, Doc. What's the matter? Say it. I wish that he could see. Hey. Hey, What's going on here? Tom, you see. You do see. What's the matter with you, Doc? You can see. Let me alone, will you? But what are you trying to do? What are you after? Can you see? Oh. Oh, I can't see. Get the devil away from here. I can't see. All right, Drogan. Come on. Yeah. What does it mean? Whatever you want to do that's good doesn't happen. But whatever you say that's evil happens. God help you, Drogan. <laughs> Give it a, a <laughs> well, have a good sleep, friend Rogan. Yeah. Why? Why did I fall asleep? A sedative I gave you.
7: Oh,
8: Rogan, I want you to meet my wife.
7: How do you do? Oh, well,
8: it's a pleasure, Mrs. Craig. Yeah. Let me give you a hand. No, no, no. I'm all right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Rogan, I've told the entire story to my wife. She's clear-headed about this. I'll let her tell you what she thinks. Go ahead, Anne.
7: Mr. Drogon, Charles thinks you're a menace to humanity. I don't think so. I think the danger to others is not through you, but through somebody else. You don't know what I mean. Well, that's understandable. I mean, you wouldn't willfully hurt anyone. But what if someone forced you to? What if your ability to perform miracles... Evil miracles? Yes, evil miracles, was discovered by some criminal. He would force you to do what he wanted, at no risk to himself, because since the criminal was performing an evil act, you couldn't hurt him.
8: In other words, Drogan, someone could use you for criminal purposes. Yes, blackmail the world because you thought he could kill anyone in the world.
7: You haven't said anything, Mr. Droby. You do understand?
8: Yes, I I understand. What do you expect me to do about it?
7: We don't expect you to do anything. The responsibility is beyond you or us. Whatever happens is up to the proper authorities.
8: Uh, Authorities? What we must do is to tell the authorities of what happened.
7: It's a wonderful idea. What did you say? It's a wonderful idea. Charles, I told you you'd understand. Trogan, I'm proud of you. Thank God it happened to a man like you instead of another little fascist who'd imagine himself a super Hitler.
8: A wonderful idea. Yeah, yes, of course, but why do you keep on saying that? You gave me a wonderful idea. <laughs> Thank you, but that's not important now. We've got to go to the authorities. All of us. No.
7: Why should you say no?
8: I- I'm not going anywhere. Neither are you. What?
7: Charles, why should he
8: say Wait. What's the matter? Nothing. I'm not going any place, or you. What do you mean? Sit down. What the devil for? Sit down. Now I don't see what... Doctor, I'll let you talk. Now let me. Well, in my own way, I figured out the world a long time ago. And that's why I was satisfied. Now you see, it's like this. Some people are born with more than other people. One man has more brains, so he's an Einstein. Another fellow's born with good looks, so so he's a movie star like that that, that Taylor fellow. Another has muscles that work better, so he's a Joe Lewis. Another one's got more energy, so he's an Edison. Most people are born with just enough brains and muscles to get along in a plain, ordinary life like me. I knew that. So I was satisfied. Then. Then this happened to me. All at once, all I've got to do is say something and, and then it happens. Not good things, we found that out, but whatever I say that's wrong happens. I can do what anybody else in the world would like to do We can't do. No Army or Navy or Air Force. I can say that somebody should die or, or that something should, should burn or break or fall and it happens. You know, at first, it was the same for me as for you, Doctor. I... I couldn't believe it was really so. Then then while I was lying here, I heard you and your wife talking and I began to figure things out. And you both gave me the real idea. Dempsey and Joe Lewis and Tunney and those fellows who had better muscles made themselves millions. So did Edison and Ford and, and Chrysler and the rest of them who had brains. Now I had something. Why shouldn't I get paid off too? Paid off? That's right. How? You said it before. What? Uh, I think you call it blackmail. Charles! The way you both look at me, you'd think I'd said something you hadn't said before yourself. Anybody that's any good to the world, I can kill. All right. People get paid off in this world for not letting other people starve. So I'll get paid off for not making people die. That's a pretty bad joke. Joke?
7: No. Of course you're joking. No. You
8: don't mean that. Sit down, doctor. Doctor, I said for you to sit down. Don't you order me around? Now stop this nonsense! And... Oh, I brought you some tea, Missus Craikar. Uh,
7: yes, uh, thank you, Fredericks. Just put the tray. Wait down. a minute.
8: Uh, take that tray out of here. Go ahead, take it out. But I, I take orders only from Missus Crager. Is that so? Well, why don't you die?
7: Is
8: that isn't he, Doctor? Yes. So you see, it isn't nonsense.
7: You devil! You.
8: Up to now, it's always been plain Sam. I never thought that you. That's just it. You should never underestimate a little man. Now, now, should you? Charles, do
7: you hear me call the police?
8: He hears you, but he won't do anything about it,
7: will you? Charles, don't just sit there. This man is a murderer. He killed Frederick. Your your wife is talking
8: a little too much, isn't she? Don't you you hear me? I suggest you tell your wife to shut her mouth. Sir, or maybe you'd you like me to say something this? to her. The words I said about the I'm servant. You, you the Suppose police. I said, Mrs. Craig, Sir, I wish Sir, Stop! Will you please do something about... stop it. Stop! <laughs> you hear me? Stop it. will oh, be all right, dear. It'll be all well right. <laughs> of course it will. As long as we're sensible about this. Now then, what is my plan? A very simple dish. <laughs> You and your wife are going to help me get everything in the world that I want. Yes, everything. What I tell you to do, you will do. Um, uh, letters. I, I will decide on three influential gentlemen in our government, three wealthy gentlemen in industry, to whom you will send letters explaining about me. Now, they won't believe, but at the time I tell them to, they'll die, and the newspapers will know about it. After that, everyone will believe me, Now, won't they? And so as not to die, everyone will do exactly as I want, won't they? because they won't have any choice in the matter. they send soldiers against me, I'll wish that they'll be dead, and they will be dead. And soon from Washington to London to Moscow, everyone will be doing exactly what Sam Drogan wants them to do.
10: That'll be wonderful, won't it?
8: All the good people of the world doing exactly what one little man wants them to do. Well, you haven't said anything, Doctor. You understand what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes. It was inevitable. Of course, I I won't want you and your wife to leave here. Now then, we'd better have this man's body removed, and then we'd better get to work. Or have you any suggestions? Do you mind if I have a drink? Drink? (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. A drink started all this, didn't it? (laughs) Go right ahead, Doctor. Thank you. And you, Mrs. Crager, you're quite all right now, aren't you? Yes, I'm sure you are, the way you sit there looking at me. You and your husband will do exactly as I say because you're both good people and I'm death to good people and you know that now, don't you? Yes, I'm sure my wife knows that. Your drink. Oh, yes. Oh, and quite a full one. Thank you, doctor. I I drink to to your continued good health. Well, a strong one and a good one. Thank you, Doctor. I. uh, I. What? Drink. My throat, you. You put. No.
7: Wouldn't dare. I'll. kill. Charles, Charles, what did you. kill. He. Charles, he's going to. Wait.
8: I wish. you. Charles! Both were...
7: Charles, you killed... Yes.
8: Poison worked more slowly than should have. But it worked. Drogon, you made one mistake... We should never underestimate what good people can do. If they have to.
10: Mr. Obler. Mr. Obler. I know how you feel, but... In these times of stress and strain, the tensions of life do pile up for all of us. Once in a while, it's a welcome let-up to think of... Miracles and Miracle Man. A miracle man who can solve all things with a wish and a wave of the hand. Of course, we know now that miracles actually do happen. With work and with the will of a fighting people. Which brings us to next week. And next week? Well, next week, very simply, I like stories of escape. I always have. My typewriter likes them. My... Shorthand book likes them, my stenographer likes them, my dictaphone likes them. I think other people feel the way I do. In childhood, we like to read of escape from galloping Indians, and as we grow older, escape from uh, pursuing love. And when we grow older than that, uh, other more subtle escapes. Well, by this time, you ought to know that next week's story is one of escape. Its title is Until Dead. And I promised myself and you a suspenseful and amazing half hour, but... As usual, that's next
9: week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Archobler's eerie story, Until Dead. And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try ironized yeast. The one and only ironized yeast with the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. is later than you
1: think. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Fibra McGee and Molly, followed by Hopalong Cassidy. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor.